one, and uh, we're going to read just a couple verses and, and get started today. Amen. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I'd rather be here than any hospital I know. Amen. I tell you, I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. How many of y'all like to eat good? Anybody like to eat good? Now look, this is a Baptist church. Y'all get real, okay? Come on. How many of y'all like to eat good? I'm go- How many of y'all like to see your preacher work? Yeah, a bunch of comedians. Amen. Uh, they have asked me again to do the, uh, the celebrity. Uh, that's a hoot, ain't it? Celebrity. Uh, uh, celebrity waiter uh, or waiting at, at the Brandon Iron Steakhouse. They had a... Uh, uh, with the, 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 the relay for life, the weather was bad, and it was just, it didn't turn out as good as we had hoped it would be. So we're, we're doing another event. They're going to have a silent auction and all that. And I'm going to be waiting tables tomorrow night. And if you would like to come enjoy, uh, it would be kind of like an entertainment dinner. Say amen. <laughs> dinner and a show. Amen. And uh, uh, come out and be with us. We've got a little section that's going to be Temple Baptist people, and I'm going to be serving y'all. And see, if y'all don't serve, I'm going to have to serve hoodlums. So I need some, well, never mind, amen. All right, so come out and be with us tomorrow. I think it's, what's the times on that? Does anybody know? I don't even know. I don't even know when I'm supposed to be there. Five to seven or come five, six, and seven. Different times there and, oh, we're going to have a blast, amen. And I better have a free steak afterwards, hallelujah. All right, First John chapter number one. How many of you, how many of you have checked out the Life Groups catalog? Raise your hand if you checked out the Life Groups catalog. How many of y'all are planning on checking that out? Planning on checking that out? All right, look, y'all going to have to lie to me or I'll preach for three hours right now. Amen. All right, how many of y'all going to check that out for me? Amen. Now listen, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to beat around the bush. This month, I'm going to be really emphasizing our life groups. They are critically important for our church health, our, our personal Christian growth, and I'm going to show you all that for the next three weeks. All right, so let's read in 1 John chapter number 1 and verse number 1. If you found your place, say amen. amen. The Bible says, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. The word, word there is capitalized. That means, listen, that he is in reference to Jesus Christ. Uh, John is probably the last, at this moment, is the last living uh, disciple and apostle, and he is here uh, uh, explaining and sharing what his life experience was. Jesus was not a fairy tale. He was not the figment of somebody's imagination. He wasn't a wild story made up by somebody. He said, I am here to tell you he is real. I saw him with my own eyes. I touched him with my hand. I heard him with my own ear. He is the real deal. I saw him. Then the Bible says, For the life was manifested, and we have seen it. And we bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested or uncovered or revealed unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. I'm I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this because of what we have. That ye also may have fellowship with us. Say that word with me. That ye may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father. And with his son, Jesus Christ, these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. How many of y'all like to have a life full of joy? See, joy and happiness is different. I get happy when I I drink a milkshake. I need a witness. 
I get happy. I get happy when, when there is a hot fudge Sunday from McDonald's and they go and put them on sale for 99 cents. I need another witness. But do you realize that happiness is temporary because the price will go up. It's temporary. But do you realize joy is something that happens on the inside? That's why God said, my joy I give unto you and the world can't take it away. Joy is not dependent on the circumstances. Do you realize you can have joy while you're in the valley? You can have joy in the midst of a storm? He said, I'm writing these things unto you that your joy will be full. Full. Then he says this, very important. This then is the message which we have heard of him. And declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. In other words, there ain't even no shade. He's light, all light, holy, pure, righteous. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, hallelujah, right there, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Father, thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your touch this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There's some things that I saw when I first read this chapter that I want to emphasize and talk about in, in a roundabout way. Uh, uh, faith, fellowship, and fulfillment. Faith, fellowship, and fulfillment. Say, say those words with me. Faith, fellowship, and fulfillment. Do you realize in the Christian walk, it all begins with faith. It all begins with Christ. If we go back, if we go back, I challenge you to later on, go back to Acts chapter number 2. Uh, in, the, in the beginning, the kind of jump start of the early church, when, uh, when on the day of Pentecost they were filled with the Holy Ghost, Peter preached. I'm talking about 120 people in an upper room, and Peter preaches the house down. Thousands of people get saved, and the Bible says they were added unto the church. They were added unto those early believers, those 120. God starts a movement. God begins a, a catalyst there. The church is on fire, and here we go now watch this the bible says in acts 2 and verse number 41 then they that gladly received his word that's the ones that got saved they believed and received what peter was preaching they believed in the gospel and they trusted in christ they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls that's what i call revival amen and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And fellowship. And in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. They sold their possessions, excuse me, and all that believed were together, had all things common. Two, two important words right there, together and common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread, how? From, from house to house. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Those who were getting saved, God just kept adding them to the church. Now, I, 
I do not believe in, in, in the principle and teaching in this chapter that Jesus is just saying that, that he added them to the universal church. Now you say, what is the universal church? It's, very, it's rarely talked about in the Bible, but what it is, the, the universal church is everyone that's ever been saved. Everyone that's ever been saved. Every born-again believer is a part of the church, the body of Christ that Jesus is coming back for. Does that make sense? Say amen. But what I believe he's saying here is that these people were added to that local congregation. Now, what does that mean? Everywhere in the Word of God, when you get saved, the Bible refers to you as a babe in Christ. A babe in Christ. I, somebody, somebody was in the office this week and brought a little baby with them. A little bitty baby. Uh, uh, and, and that little baby was helpless. That little baby couldn't do anything for itself. That little baby couldn't feed itself. That little baby couldn't clothe itself. That little baby couldn't take care of itself. It was just there. And it had people all around it taking care of that baby. Now here's what God is saying. When you get saved, you're a babe in Christ. You need protection. You need provision. You need guidance. You need somebody to watch over you. You need to be placed in a family. Say that with me. You need to be placed in a you know, God designed for every baby to go home with a mom and a daddy. That don't always happen. We're not living in a perfect world. I understand that. But that's God's design. Every single baby ever born should and desires and, listen, needs to go home with a mama and a daddy that's going to love it and take care of it. I need a witness. I know that's not politically correct, but I'm just telling you, that's the way God made it. That's the way God designed it. He's the architect of creation. I think he knows what he's talking about. Why? Because there's things that that mother provides, there's things that that father provides, and they take care of that baby, and they raise that baby up, and train that baby, and develop that baby, and provide for that baby, and love that baby. Are y'all with me? Every Christian is the same way. Sometimes we, we, have, we have people who are hard-headed. Sometimes, I know that's hard to believe, but we have people that are stubborn. We have people that think they know better than the Bible. We have people that think they know better than God and say, well, it's okay, I don't need all of that stuff, I'm, I'm all good. And they believe in long range of Christianity. You cannot find that in the Bible. Listen, when a person got saved, they immediately were attracted to each other. They were immediately drawn together. And the Bible said they continued steadfastly. I mean, they made an effort to come together and fellowship. Fellowship. You realize we're living in a lonely world? We're living in a lonely world. We're living in a lonely society. Americans are getting lonelier by the day because they're getting more independent by the day. And they're getting to a place where they don't think they need anybody. There's no face-to-face -face interaction. You can do everything. You don't even have to leave your house. You can order your food on the Internet and have it delivered to your house. And you know what? That is creating a broke-down society because people were designed for connection. People were designed for fellowship especially, especially the people of God. People are craving fellowship. They don't even realize it. Lost people are craving fellowship and don't even realize it. I'm, I'm a member. I'm a member of a very prestigious club. I mean, only certain people can get in this club. And uh, it's called the Coleman County uh, Coon Hunters Association. Very prestigious outfit. Uh, 
I mean, you you, you got to have a you got to have a rusty truck and an old dog and be able to tell lies to get in this club. Amen. Uh, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing. I you know I, I go I go and I'll sit and there are people honest to God and this this is what really showed me. This is what really taught me how much people are craving fellowship. This is about coon hunting. It's about coon hunting. You can't coon hunt without a coon dog. Are y'all with me? This is, I mean, this is common sense stuff. And you can't, you can't tree a coon if you don't get out the truck. So what's this really about? We've got people that we have our uh, uh, club night on Tuesday night. That's why my phone don't work on Tuesday night. I'm just kidding. That's not, it, it does work. We got people that will drive all the way from Gardendale, Alabama, with their dog, tie their dog to the fence, go in and tell lies till 11 o'clock, put their dog back in the truck, and go home. <laughs> Danny, am I telling the truth? I'm telling the truth, am I not? There'll be people that come that don't even own a dog. But this is coon club. You know what? It don't have anything to do with coon hunting. They need to talk. They need to fellowship. They need to be around their buddies. They need to have that camaraderie. Because if it rains, if it storms, and nobody can coon hunt, they'll stay in that club all night long, tell lies. You know why? They're craving fellowship. And I know we're too tough to admit this, and this is not a word, and, and all the coon hunters in here walk out like they won't believe this, but you know what? We're, we're kind of we're lonely. We're kind of lonely. And this, this centralized theme of coon hunting is just a way where we can get together and it not be mushy. Because if we told our wives, we're going, to, we're going to have some male bonding, there would be real issues. I need a witness right there. But we're going coon hunting. That's tough, amen? But it's, it's not. It's about fellowship. It's about needing to be wanted. It's about needing fellowship. It's about needing friendship. It's not being around people that like you and you like them. And you know what? The church today in America is starving to death for fellowship. In the early church, one of the most, in, one of the most intriguing things about the early church and one of the most important factors of the early church that which contributed to its growth was their ability, and not only their ability, but their commitment to come together in fellowship. John is speaking in this chapter. John is speaking in this chapter. and said, man, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about his life. And the reason I'm telling you this is because we want you to have what with us? Fellowship. Fellowship. Our life groups are our fellowship machine. It's the operation that we have and it's the program that we have to offer and provide fellowship for the brethren. Fellowship for, listen, Christians who, who know Jesus. And I want to share with you just three quick things about fellowship and why it's so important. Say, well, preach, it's just another church program. No, it's not. No, it's not. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4, you say, well, I don't really need other people. I can, I can do a good job as a Christian. I don't need fellowship. I don't need all that stuff. No. The Bible says Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says this, 
Two are better than... Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, and, and we will... Mark it down. You're going to mess up. There's going to be times in your life that you're going to think, I, there's no way I could have done that. And you're going to hit the ground and you're going to think, what in the world am I going to do? And you're going to need somebody there to lift you up. If they fall, the Bible says, one will lift up his fellow. But woe, woe to him that is what? Alone when he falleth. For he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? If one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. What's that threefold cord? You, me, and the Holy Ghost. I need you. You need me. Say, well, I get plenty of fellowship and handshaking time. No, you don't. You, you get just enough fellowship to need, to need some of that, uh, uh, what do they call that stuff? You go outside, put it on your hand. Sanitizer, that's all you get right there. You need more than that. Listen, let's talk about fellowship for just a moment, and then we'll pray. Number one, or eight, whatever, however you're falling out and, and finishing your outline. Number one, I want you to write this down. I want you to see the heart of fellowship. Fellowship is the word koinonia. It's the Greek word koinonia, which means to have in common or be in partnership. And you can't have fellowship unless you have something in common. The Bible says, how can two walk together lest they be what? Agreed. There was something in common. There was a common denominator. You know what I was saying a while ago about the coon? Coon hunting is supposedly the common denominator that draws us together. We have something in common. We have something that we can talk about. We have something we can lie about. We have something we can argue about. It's that common denominator. Do you realize everybody in this building, you came here this morning because you have a common denominator or you should have a common denominator, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, let me tell you, let me tell you about my Savior. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about the life that I experienced and I saw in this combinator. The heart of fellowship is the Savior we have encountered. I'm here to tell you, when I get around people that are saved, man, I tell you, I am drawn to them and they are drawn to me. Why? Because one day in their life, one day in their life, they ran into the same man that I ran into. One day in their life, in their journey, they met a man by the name of Jesus Christ. They may have ran into him in Anchorage, Alaska. They may have ran into him in Statesboro, Georgia. They may have ran into him in Washington, D.C. They may have ran into him in Fort Pierce, Florida, but it's the same man, and there is the same result. There is the same experience, and something about it, when I get with them and they get with me, there is fellowship. There's a common denominator. There's something together. We come together because something is drawing us. And it's a man by the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, the Savior we encounter, not only the Savior we encountered, but the, the salvation we have experienced. You know why some people have a problem with life groups and fellowship? Because it's hard for a bird and a fish to fellowship. Unless you're a penguin. That might, it's 
Spence, I don't know why that came to my mind all of a sudden. Did you? I got to work on my filter. Amen. <laughs> Penguin. You can't, you can't. Are y'all with me? I love, I love getting around safe folk. Because we got something to talk about. We have the same father. Well, God is everybody's father. No, he ain't. He's everybody's God, but he ain't everybody's father. He's not your father till you're adopted into the family. Our father, which art in heaven. We got the same daddy. That's why we say brother Kendrick and sister Karen. Because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We have the same father. We have the same faith. We have something in common. We got, to, we got this thing the same way. You didn't get saved in Alaska different than I got saved in Fort Pierce. It's the same faith. It's the same belief. We have the same function. We got a responsibility to glorify God in everything that we do. We have something together. We have the same future. We're looking toward the same home. We're looking toward the same men. Our hearts and minds are not on this world. It's on a home prepared for us. I need a witness right there. We have something in common. And it's hard to have fellowship when you don't have something in common. Now, I, 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 I like going up to the Coon Club and cutting up with all them guys. I've seen a lot of people get saved. But I didn't necessarily go up there for fellowship. I went up there to evangelize. Well, I don't believe in that. Well, there's a bunch of people in this church because of that. Shane, you're here because of that. Danny, you're here because of that. There's many others here because of that. Listen, but that's not where I get what I needed. I get the fellowship I need to be a better Christian and to be what God has called me to be and be what I need to be when I'm around other Christians. Do you know who struggles about being around other Christians? Those are that are not Christians. You know what? If I was to go to a, a CPA party, certified public accountant, and they're, they're smoozing, and they have their hors d'oeuvres. Got it, didn't it, baby? Come on now. I, I saw that one time, and God, I can't believe I'm going to admit this. I said, baby, this thing, this, this shindig right here, they're going to have their own oars divorce. <laughs> she said, what? I said, you know, you ain't never been to a party with these things? She says, that's hors d'oeuvres, you idiot. <laughs> what a blessing she is to me. And they're, they're just talking about all that CPA stuff. How much y'all think I'm going to fit into that crowd? They're going to say, how, how diversified is your portfolio? And I'm going to say, what? I'm going to feel out of place. Don't break that calculator out on me, all right? You hear me? I don't have nothing in common with them people. I don't have nothing I can talk about with them. I don't have nothing we, we can. It's not going to work. So it might not be that, that life groups is a bad thing. It might be you might need to get a checkup. And see, 
do I really belong to God? Because a, a baby Christian, a Christian will desire fellowship. They will desire to be around other Christians because they have something in common. Church, say amen. The heart of fellowship is Jesus Christ. It's the Savior. It's one thing. I can, I can be in my car. I can be in my car. You went to that Chris Tomlin concert, didn't you? Have you ever heard Chris Tomlin in your car? Okay. Was that different than the experience you had when there was, was 8,000 people in that arena singing How Great Is Our God? Was it a little different? Can you imagine? There's something about, I can do stuff alone. I, I know I know some people, let's go back to coon hunting. I know some people that, that go coon hunting by themselves. Not me. I got to have somebody to talk to. I need a witness. I was asked to go bird hunting one time. You know, dove shooting. They said, preacher, why don't you go? I said, yeah, man, I'm about hunting. I like it. I ain't never been in my life. They, bought, they got me two boxes of shells. And they said, okay, go stand way out there in that field. I said, by myself? For how long? I don't want, you know, uh-uh. I want somebody to talk to. You know what? We need that. But you're going to have a hard time doing that if you don't have something to talk about. Have you ever seen a lost person that's around a bunch of saved people and the saved people are all about it? They don't come out of church. Have you ever been to Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, when, when Temple just let out and half the Temple's in there? Woo! Did you hear that preacher today? My goodness, that choir was on like Donkey Kong today. Good gracious almighty. And they're talking back and forth. And the people. I need a witness. They don't have nothing to talk about. Listen. Are you saved? If you're saved, we got something in common. Amen? The heart of fellowship. Number two, write this down. Don't you, see, don't you see the help in our fellowship? The help in our fellowship. He said, these things, these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. There's something about fellowship. It helps me. There's two things. There's a lot of things, but just two things I want to mention today to save time. The fellowship provides for me. One thing, it provides encouragement. Encouragement. I need to be around people that's going to say, hey, get your chin up. It's all right. Everything's going to be all right. I need to be around people that have been where I've been. I need, I need to be around people who are going where I want to go. Listen, if, if, if you want to have a great marriage, you don't need to hang out with a bunch of people who's got poor ones. If, if you are trying to live a righteous and holy life, you don't need to be hanging out with a bunch of people that ain't. I need to be hanging around people that want what I want for my life, that, that are going the direction that I'm going in my life. Because if you're hanging out with a bunch of people that's going the opposite direction, you're just swimming against the current. Are y'all with me? I need encouragement. Bless God, this world is rough. 
It's hard to live out there. It's hard to be Christ in a wicked and perverse generation. It's hard to stand up. I need to get around folks every now and then to say, Hey, keep up the good work. Hey, it's all right. We're going to get through this thing together. There's no valley that you can't get through because we're going to walk through it together. When I have a death in my family, I need somebody to put their arm around me and say, I love you. If there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. When I'm in the hospital, I need a group of people that will get around me and say, everything's going to be all right. I've been where you are. Hey, keep your chin up. Listen, that fulfillment, that joy that comes with a Christian life, it doesn't come just by being saved. Part of that joy is when God hooks you up with other believers. Don't, Don't miss out on that. Don't think that you don't need that. Don't think that this is not for you. Quit making excuses about life groups. I'm telling you, they're critically important. He said, I'm telling you these things. I want you to have fellowship with us. And and one of the results of fellowship is that your joy will be full. You'll be fulfilled. There's so many of y'all in here today that's missing out on so much. You're going through life unfulfilled. You're just going working to pay the bills you're not experiencing real life real life is not working and paying bills and you die at the end and what's what do you got to show for it jesus said i come that you might have life and have it more abundantly are y'all with me are you going through life or are you living life are you going through life or are you living life Are you experiencing life? You know, we all have the bad habit of saying, boy, when I get to this point, I'm going to start living. Do you realize you go through your whole life and you never get to that point and you realize you've just wasted it all? Live for today. The only way to experience real joy in life is to live it with someone else. That's what's living life together. Say that with me. Living life together. Say it again. Fulfillment. Listen, fellowship provides encouragement. Not only that, but don't you see the edifying it promotes? I, this one kind of leads up to point three, so this is going to be short. I'm almost done. I need somebody to help me live my Christian life. You say, what do you mean? I need some accountability in my life. Now, I know most of y'all in here are such a great Christian and you're you're so far ahead of me that you don't need somebody to keep you in check, but, but I do. There's something about, there's something about getting around other Christian folks when I'm not right with God that bothers me. You want to see a miserable person? Let them be saved and out of the will of God and watch them get around other people that are right with God. Because they're miserable and they want everybody else to be miserable. And then when they got their hand up and they're praising God and they've got the touch of God in their life and they're experiencing joy, it irritates the fire out of them. Say, how do you know it? Because I've been that person before. I don't know what they're shouting for. Boy, if they had the week I had, they wouldn't say amen. Bless God, if everything went in their life like it's going in my life, 
I bet they wouldn't be that way. I have never, I have never, and I've been, I've been through two or three life groups. I've been through tons of Sunday school classes. And I've never seen anybody get out with anybody till they got out this way first. And I have never, never seen anybody that was right this way and close this way that was out this way. And there's something about that keeps me in check where I've got to stay right with God because I'm fixing to get around Brother Kendrick and I, if I'm not right, he's going to know it. Does that make sense? And life groups help me stay in check. I, you know, I, I told you, I've got to be right with God at least twice a week. Amen. There's something about when you get around other people, man, you've got to check up. You've got to get, so wait a minute. But you know what? If we always forfeit and forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Now, now many preachers have preached that and pushed that. That's just talking about church. That's not what he's saying. We need to gather together to encourage one another. He says to, to comfort one another and exhort one another. You know what the word exhort means? To root on. How many of y'all remember the story about the geese? Oh, oh, oh. See, y'all done forgot, hadn't you? You know what all that honking is? That's them other geese honking on the lead goose. That lead goose is breaking the air, and they're all falling in behind. And they're saying, oh, oh, good job. Oh, oh, keep it up. Oh, oh, wonderful. Keep on keeping on. Amen. And you need that. You need to know that somebody's going to ask how I'm doing with that forgiveness message preacher preached on. Everybody needs somebody to say, uh, when I preached on bitterness, how are you doing with that one? You know why? Because you can come in and listen to it and look real Christian-y and walk out, and if nobody holds you accountable to it, you can let it go one ear and out the other. But you know, if I know Brother Buchanan's going to challenge me that week and say, Preacher, how you doing with that? Got any grudges you're holding on to? It's going to force me to be a Christian. Some of y'all are not being Christian because ain't nothing forcing you to. That's why we don't want to get in life group. That's right, preacher. That's good stuff right there. Come on now. Y'all don't have to shout. I'm going to buy my own CD today. Amen. I know I'm preaching the truth. Nobody, nobody wants accountability because if I have accountability, I'm really going to have to act like this. You ever, you ever, uh, self-discipline, that's a joke. Isn't it? Come on, y'all. Y'all quit acting so holy. Y'all need to get them wings and halos down. I'm telling the truth. I need accountability. I need extra help. I need to hear the message, but I need somebody to help me. Amen? Let's, let's finish this quick. Number three. What was number one? Tell me number one again. The heart of fellowship. It's got to be centered around Jesus. It can't, it can't be centered around soccer. It can't be centered around 
It can't be centered around. Now we're going to have we're going to have uh, different groups that are going to be that are going to be doing different things. We're going to be people connected that's going to be coming together playing racquetball together. But the centralized point of that is Jesus. In all of them, there's going to be prayer. There's going to be devotion. You're going to get together to do something you enjoy, but then you're going to talk about Jesus and what He's doing for you. The heart of fellowship. Then number two. Tell me number two. Say it again. The the help of fellowship, what it does for me. The number three, the hindrance. The hindrance to fellowship. Boy, this is, this is tight right here, y'all. The Bible says that, that uh, this is the message we've heard of him. This is, what, this is what Jesus has told us and showed us about God. Because, see, it's called the word of life. Words from us reflect who we are. It is our expression of who we are. Our words, the Bible says... Uh, 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 out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Y'all, you understand what I'm saying by that? Our words reflect who we are. Our words reflect what we want you to know about us. And we're not as honest as God is, but that's what words are. Well, Jesus is the Word of God. He is the living flesh and blood expression of who God is. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Does that make sense? He came to reveal to us what God the Father wants to know about us. And when he did, he revealed to us that God the Father is holy. He is righteous. He is pure. He is perfect. Are y'all with me? God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we walk with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. We cannot have fellowship with a holy God. We cannot have fellowship with a righteous God. We cannot have fellowship with a perfectly pure and holy God if we are walking in sin. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't walk with God. You can't walk in the light if you're strolling in the shade. Now, I know most of y'all ain't walking in darkness. You're not robbing banks and shooting people. And, 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 but I heard a preacher say, you know, most Christians, they don't walk in the dark that they don't mind a little stroll in the shade. And that's true. But you know what? God's light. We can't, we can't even walk in the shade and have fellowship with him. And this is the key. This is the key. John said, we want you to have fellowship with us because our fellowship is with the... And then later on it says this, if we will walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us and wash us from all sin, and we can have fellowship one with another. You know what that tells me? That tells me if I'm walking in darkness, I'm going to have a hard time fellowshipping with my brother. And every time I've seen a hiccup in a life group, it's because of sin on the outside. I've never seen anybody have a hiccup with life groups that was completely right with God. I haven't. But I have seen people that called attitudes and got sideways, and, but it started here first. And then it dawned on me. They don't feel comfortable around life group because they're not right here. And they more that they get around other people that are right with God and they're fellowshipping in the light. There's something about light. It reveals darkness. 
There's something about light it uncovers. And you know what? We start feeling what we really are. There's been times, i got to tell you the truth. There's been times I wasn't right with God. And I went, I went to life group and I was miserable. You know what? It wasn't, it wasn't the program's fault. Because God instituted it in the book of Acts. If God does something, he does all things well. It wasn't the other folks in the life group's fault. It's mine. What does that tell me? Life groups are important to me. Because I can't go to them and feel comfortable if I'm not right with God. Well, then quit going. No, you don't get it. Then I won't get right with God. Do y'all catch that? Does that make sense? I need that in my life. I need to have to go to life groups because I need something to make me get right with God. Because we don't always do it on our own, do we? We don't always do it because we're supposed to. Now, if we'd all be real honest, but I, see, that's why, we're, we, you know what happened? God has parked his Lincoln Continental right in everybody's garage this morning, hasn't he? And he is laying on the horn. I need to be right with God. And I need motivation to help me stay right with God. And one of the things that's going to do that is I'm going to get around Gabe. And Gabe's going to get around me. Because I need to motivate him and he needs to motivate me. And listen, if I'm not right, he's going to know it. You've been able to tell at different times that. And if he hadn't been right, I've been able to know it. Say, well, should they know it? Yes. Because he, he needs to pray for me. I need to pray for him. He said, we want you to have fellowship with us because our fellowship is with the Father. And if we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. What is a hindrance to fellowship? A dishonest assessment. You know what I found out? When I'm not right with God, I want to blame everybody but what it, the real deal is. I want to blame, boy, this is a sorry life group tonight. I don't even know why the preacher started this program. And I want to blame everything but me. And the Bible says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. If we, if we say we have fellowship with God and walk in darkness, we lie. Say that with me. We and do not the truth. Amen. I'm going to have a hard time fellowshipping if I'm not right with God. But you know what's the cool part about that? If I'm right with God... I found out I can about get along with anybody. Even if they're not right with God. It's amazing. Because God gives you grace. God gives you peace. God gives you strength. I'm glad we don't all get out at the same time, aren't y'all? We'd be in a mess. But see, God, let, don't let that happen. We need each other. Fellowship is critical. Fellowship is so important. You need more than what you're getting on Sunday morning. You need more than what you're getting in this big church atmosphere. You need a small atmosphere where you can bless and be blessed. And all God's children say it. Amen. Amen.
Well, how do you know what size a small group ought to be? Jesus started the first one. How many did he pick? That's about right. It starts with him. Let's encourage one another. Let's bless one another. Let's help one another. Because the worse it gets out there, the more lonely we're going to be. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you're truly saved, you can't feel comfortable out there. You can't feel comfortable out there. You need others to surround you and be a blessing to you. Church, say amen. amen. Father, in Jesus' name, help us today. Number one, to know we're saved. Lord, you said in your word to make our calling and election sure. For if we do these things, we shall never fall. God, there's some reasons... Some people don't like fellowship. And Lord, that's because they don't have anything in common. Lord, there's some reasons that they have a hard time getting around Christian folks talking about Christian things because they're not a Christian. God, I don't want that to be the case. Or we can change that today. We can, we can change that today. Father, we can... Lord, we can trust in you and be saved. Then we'll have something to talk about. We'll have the same faith. We'll have the same father. We'll have the same function. We'll have the same future. We'll have plenty to talk about. Lord, I pray today will be that day. Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you're here today, if you're here today and you're not 100% sure if you were to die right now that you'd go to heaven, I want to pray for you. Say, preacher, I have a hard time getting around other, other Christians that just don't seem to have nothing to talk about. Preacher, I, I, I need to know that I'm saved. Preacher, would you pray for me? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just slip your hand up right where you are. I want to pray for you right now. Right now. You say, preacher, I'm not 100% sure. I'm like, God bless you, brother. I see that hand. You can put it down. God bless you. Anybody else say, preacher, I'm just not sure that I'm saved. Would you pray for me? I see that hand on the far side. God bless you. Anybody else? Hey, it's just us today. I want to pray for you. Say, preacher, I'm not sure that I'm saved, and I need you to pray. I want to pray right now. Anybody? Anybody? I see that hand over here. God bless you. I see that hand on the left. Father, we come before you right now. God, we come before you right now. Lord, you saw all the hands that were raised. This is so important, Lord. This is critical. This is, this is life and death. Lord, I pray right now that you'll touch their, their hearts. Lord, touch their lives right now. Give them courage. Lord, we have a Bible. You have given us a precious gift, and that's your word. And it tells us how we can know that we're saved. It can tell us how to be saved. And God, we've got people down at this altar all the way across, all the way across, ladies and gentlemen. And Lord, we want to take our Bibles and we want to show them how to be saved. It's very simple. It's so easy. Lord, and I want to invite all those that raised their hand. And Lord, those that didn't. Lord, but they need to know how to be saved right now. I would like to leave this building without a doubt, with assurance in their heart that they, they are on their way to heaven. 
God, I pray that they'd come right now as every head's bowed and every eye closed. If you raised your hand and you're a gentleman, we've got gentlemen right